I am in control of one thing, and that is me. I choose how to respond, how to behave, and how I'm going to navigate the world. Mm -hmm. Because that's it. That's all you've got. Everything else is out of your control. And there's there's a there's a responsibility in that, but there's a there's a releasing in that too. Welcome to the Relational Parenting Podcast. I'm Jennifer Hayes, a parent coach and 20-year childcare veteran. Each week I sit down with my own father, Rick Hayes, and discuss the complicated issues that parents face today, as well as some of the oldest questions in the book. From the latest research and the framework of my relational parenting method, we offer thought-provoking solutions to your deepest parenting struggles. Added bonuses include intergenerational wounding discussions and guest childcare experts. We will also start taking your parenting questions in episode five. So be sure to comment with your biggest questions or email me directly at jenny at jennyb.co. Let's get started. Welcome back, everybody, to the Relational Parenting Podcast. Uh, we are here this week, just me and dad, and we are talking about nature versus nurture, um, which is a thousands of year old, years old question. Um, uh, but mixed in with nature and nurture are the concepts or, um, I don't know, philosophies of determinism and free will, uh, as well as the, yeah, well, we'll get into all the other stuff, but nature versus nurture is what today is about. And we're going to kind of dissect some of the newer science around, you know, how nature shows up and how nurture affects it. Um, we're going to talk about really how these things intertwine, right? How it's not one or the other, it's both and, um, and that we do have the power to influence our nature or our, our biology, our genetics, et cetera, and how we can do that through parenting. So, um, yeah. Otherwise yeah, we're just I, victims of our past and there's no hope. And, you know, it's very nihilistic to just say, Oh, right? well, you can't, you can't, yeah. personal opinion. You can't go with all, it's not all nature. You got to be able to influence it. Got to strive. Yeah. You got to strive, got to struggle. Wisdom plays a part. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it very much plays into the concept of generational trauma that we have talked about a few times on, yeah. on here. Um, we, the way that generational trauma is broken, the way that we look at the patterns that exist in our family lines and choose to act differently, choose to behave differently, choose to treat our children differently, choose to treat ourselves differently, et cetera. That is, that's nurture. That's nurture over nature. Just because you are born with a certain characteristic doesn't mean you have to act out that characteristic. Um, and you get to, you get to explore and look at yourself and look at all the different pieces of yourself as you become more and more aware, 
you know, when you become an adult and you, and you get into your adulthood and you're watching yourself behave or respond to the people around you, or you're watching like the people you surround yourself with. And maybe one day you look around and you're like, why am I letting these people into my life? Or why am I letting myself be treated this way? Or why am I treating people that way? Um, you get to explore those things and you get to make different choices. And Mm -hmm. so, yeah, so let's, let's back up a little bit and just talk about what nature is and what nurture is to kick up, to kick us off here. Okay. Um, what is your, what is your understanding of nature and nurture? Nature versus nurture. So in my in my mind, nature is the uh, oh you mentioned that you know determinism uh, versus uh, uh, self will. Um, nature is the component of us that we're born with. You know the the genetics, not mm-hmm. the environment. Not you know, nurture is your environment and the people in your environment, everything that that affects you. Um, nature is is basically biology. I'm a I'm a my training was in biology and philosophy, so that's made for me. Nature is biology. Nurtures everything else. Yeah. Uh, the environment you put yourself in. What you were talking about before, you know, all those all those things we do to change once we're born. You know, we're dealt a hand of cards. There's all kinds of. I was kind of surprised that that the term nature versus nurture is still so popular. You know, that's a, yeah. that's a good sign. And, you know, that that's been around forever. So that's to me, that's a good sign that that is a pretty good generalization for the issues. You know, that we're still referring. To. I'm sure there's much more technical language, and the academics are are defining it scientifically defining it into smaller and smaller things trying to decompose it and solve problems but the fact that we're still talking about nature versus nurture means that's a that's a pretty good approximation um to change it we have to think what you were talking about before is is you know we can make choices we can we can decide we can those are all thought processes and thought kind of decomposes when we're upset you know, we have to get ourselves in a place where we can think straight and make good decisions and good choices. And so that's right. That's the regulation theme you've got. Um, some, if you're in a chaotic environment, not everybody's in the same environment. Uh, if you're in a, uh, whatever your environment is, you got to be able to sit down settle yourself so you can think, so you can make good choices and, uh, that's the game. That's the game of life, you know, acquiring wisdom versus just reacting helplessly to the environment you're in. So, you know, don't just be a leaf on a, on a raging river, you know, learn to paddle. Yeah. <laughs> it's so that, that concept of choice versus throwing our hands up at the circumstances that we are in, or even, even at the internal circumstances that we are in. I've, I've done that a thousand times in my life where I just, you know, I enter a place of depression or, um, anxiety or, and I'm not talking about depressed, like 
major depressive disorder where you need other people to Not help clinical, you out of it. Yeah. Clinical. But um, because that I've also experienced that you and I have been through, well, yeah. went through a whole journey with that in my that. younger adulthood. And, and that's very real. That's, that's mental health. Um, that's, that's a very real condition. Uh, but, uh, but in, in, when life is, is fine and things are fine, but you enter these pockets where you're just really down, um, or feeling really helpless, feeling really overwhelmed. Or, yeah. yeah. Excuse me. Overwhelmed. There's like a hair in my tooth. <laughs> um, <laughs> watching. And that's when it, that's always when it comes for me is overwhelm. I get overwhelmed and I feel yeah. like I'm trapped or I feel like there's, I don't know which way to go. And yeah. that's kind of those moments where I have thrown my hands up and been like, this isn't, you know, I feel like this isn't fair or I've had to navigate mm. this 4,000 times. Why am I having to navigate this again? The uh, injustice thing. The injust- why am I yeah. Not like, this? And it is like the trigger we've all got the feeling that comes with that is valid. And, and we don't have to live there and learning to Mm -hmm. feel that feeling, be frustrated, be pissed off. I don't like the hand I was dealt. This is bullshit. Uh, but not set. There's a quote that's like, um, It's good to feel your feelings. It's good to tune in, feel your feelings, have emotions, and and you don't have to set up camp in that emotion. Your emotion is that's right. You don't have to live there. Yeah, energy in motion. You have like let it pass through you, let it come. Yeah, feel it, let it go, and and step forward and make a choice. Right. It's just like. Baby yeah, steps, a- one step forward, one step at a time. All those metaphors is all about choice uh, yeah. and not getting swept up in the raging river and just floating along being like, well, there's nothing I can do. Well, you could learn to yeah. paddle. It'll be harder, but your life will be better and yeah. you'll you'll determine where your life yeah. goes um, instead of letting life you determine where your life goes. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we have to teach our kids is that it is better to paddle, you know, even a little bit, uh, even if you don't know exactly where you're going to go. You know, overwhelmingness is looking at too many things at once. That's when you got to contract and say, well, okay, you know, uh, the other concept is uh, I always have is, is what's in my control and what's not. If it's not under my control, well, okay, so be it. Mm-hmm. what is under my control and where you, you go, okay, you focus in on something you can do now. What's, what's the most important thing we do now. And then sometimes you just have to take it one step at a time, you know, one foot in front of the other for a while until some other things that are not in your control resolve, uh, resolve themselves. It's uh, and that all takes thought. You know, that's always where I come back to is if you're, if you're emotionally overwhelmed, that will trump, thinking and then that's when you get that's when you get that's when you get in trouble it's i gotta i gotta come up we got and we have to teach our kids you know this is a parenting podcast we need to learn those things so we can pass them on to our kids on how to deal with overwhelmedness and that sort of thing you know that's 
wisdom. That's where short little pithy sayings come in handy because right. you keep them in mind and they pop in mind when you need them. Yeah. You know. Well, and also as human beings, we we all not all, but ever most people that I know, um, including myself, love metaphors because it helps yes. frame abstract thought and concepts into a black and white box that we can understand and digest. And, and like you are saying about, um, well, I lost it. Uh Uh-oh. So you said something about getting lost in emotions instead of thought. Um, because presence can be overwhelmed. Awareness, mindfulness takes takes clear thought. And yeah. I agree with that partially, but I also think yeah. when I get to a place of overwhelmedness, my goal mm-hmm. is to stop trying so hard and release. Like you said, looking at what you can control and what you can't um, yeah. and taking taking what you can control and take a step towards that or take a step Mm -hmm. into that and let Mm -hmm. go of everything else. Because the emotion is all of that overwhelm of everything you can't control. Negative self-talk and yeah, you know. Yeah. And the thought you can, you, I, I get lost in trying to outthink things um, because that's, oh, I think yeah. that's also a pitfall of, of a lot of, of yep. people is that we try to rationalize or logical mind our way through something and it's like white knuckling it and that can keep you stuck too. There's yes, yeah. something to be right. said for when you are heavily emotional, just be allowing yourself to be with those emotions, whether it's an hour yeah. or a day, like you might just, that might be the universe or your, your intuition signaling you to slow down, stop trying so hard, stop pushing so hard and just sit and breathe and get back into your body and back into the moment of presence and awareness and let it all go for a minute. Nothing, the world is not going to crumble down around you. Yeah. And just breathe, let go of thought, let go of emotion, and sit. Um, that kind of predicates, you're right, that kind of predicates. I've been caught up in um, should I, shouldn't I, pros and cons, you know, trying pros to Pros and weigh. cons lists are just the worst. Yeah. Don't do those. It's They're just, stupid. I know. Well. <laughs> I hate them. They're dumb. Twenties, twenties, and thirties. You know, with uh, this is this is the current version. I know. You know, I know. And we we work through things, and yeah, you can absolutely tie yourself up trying to make a rational decision. Not every decision is yeah. rational. Yeah. And sometimes you just have follow to your gut. Do there's a there's a technique I ran into the other day about uh, involved in just just sitting in something training. Mm-hmm. It had to do with t- people learning to quit smoking who had tried and couldn't, and then they did a study, and they found what helped was uh, just teaching people to sit in the discomfort. You know, they'd give them a pack of cigarettes, and okay, now just sit there. Okay, now take the cellophane off, and now let's just sit there a little while. Okay, take one out, smell it. 
okay, now let's just sit here a couple, you know, and sit there. It's the urgency thing we've talked about before. Yeah. You know, you got to learn to deal with the, I mm. have to do something about this. <sighs> no, just relax. Quit trying so yeah. hard. Be okay. Yeah. It's not going to kill you. You know, learn that you have to learn. It's like you have to learn. Your body has to learn that it's not the urgency. It's not going to kill you. And yeah. okay. And then, and then it gets easier. You get over the first one and then the next one's a little easier. Then. Yeah. Yeah. Very much yeah. somatic, emotional. So, so nature, like you said, is the genetics that we are born with. That's, we have no control over that. No one has control over yeah. that. Um, yeah. and nurture is our environment, our parents, our siblings, our, the way that our parents talk to us and treat us or hug us or what school we all go the, to, all the people every word, us. every word that anyone says to us is, is nurturing us in one direction or another and yeah. shaping our thoughts and shaping the way that we see the world, shaping the way that we relate to the world, um, shaping the way we relate to ourselves, shaping the way that we relate to our friends and the way that we find yeah. romantic partners. And then eventually the way that we parent our own children. And some people even refer to that as our conditioning. Um, there and there's go. social That's conditioning, there's familial mm -hmm. conditioning, there's um, our own internal, you know, conditioning that comes from just the way that we're built, our personalities. That we partly, and, partly, that would be a good application of nature and nurture. Stuff we learn versus stuff we do to ourselves. Yeah. And so when we say nature versus nurture, like we said at the beginning of the episode, I'm trying to figure out how I want to say this, is that it's, it's mm. both. They're interwoven. They yes. aren't this and that thing. They are, mm -hmm. they both come together and weave, you called it a soup, I think, before. I always call it like universal alchemy or a spider web. Um, yep. And you called it Melange. soup. There's, <laughs> it's, it's all inner, whoops, it's all intertwining and mingling and, and moving and connecting in all the different Changing. ways. Yeah. And it's always changing and it's, and it's always changing in one direction or another or eight other directions. And yeah. the goal with nurture is you can't choose your parents, right? But once right. you become an adult, um, you get to start and some people, a lot of, a lot of people start kind of thinking about these things, even as early. I remember thinking about, higher power when I was eight years old. Um, hmm. but I think a lot of these conceptual things we really start to dig into in our teenage years, we really start to like, we start to figure out what do I believe? We start to figure out like our separateness from our parents. We start to cultivate yeah. independence and do thing more things on our own and, um, have more freedom and, and less, oversight and making choices completely autonomously. Um, and so I think it starts really, really starts in teenage years and figuring out who do I want to be, who, you know, what choices am I going to make? And, and of course there's peer pressure and there's all kinds of influences still happening, but then you step into adulthood and eventually a lot of us step into parenthood and, mm -hmm we have to look at 
who am I choosing to be? Not just Mm -hmm. where did I come from? Who did Mm -hmm. me wrong? My parents did this. My friends did that. People, my teacher told me that I was this. Like, you don't have to take on any of that. You don't have to. It's hard to do as a child. So when you become an adult, you have to undo some of that because you're extremely influential when you're a child and you're a sponge and you're learning and these people are responsible for helping you figure out the world. But once you're an adult, you don't get to, you can't blame anybody else anymore. You have to step Mm -hmm. into nurturing self and who do I want to be? And I actually have free will. I can literally do anything that I want. I can literally Mm -hmm. make any choice that I want Mm -hmm. to make. I can write any path that I want to write and I don't have to do anything a certain way. And once you recognize that power inside of yourself, which could take a long time depending on how much power was taken away from you as a child. If you were an empowered child, if you were taught to make choices, make mistakes, you know, mistakes were accepted, failure was accepted, and then you were then empowered to learn, problem solve, make different choices by the people who were taking care of you, then you might have already cultivated a lot of this in your adulthood. But if you were in a childhood where you were extremely sheltered, you were always told what was wrong and right instead of encouraged to think about things or problem solve. Um, You might step into adulthood with a very narrow view of what you can do with your life because your power was constantly taken away from you when you were young. And so when you, wherever you're coming from, as you step into adulthood and whatever year of your life, you come across this concept of I'm actually completely in control of all of the choices that I make. I can't control Mm -hmm. the environment. Things are going to happen Mm -hmm. to me that I Mm -hmm. have no control over, but my choice is how I react and respond to those things, how I overcome Mm -hmm. those things, how I navigate, make my way through those things. And everything else is my choice. I get to choose, you know, to build a career in whatever field area way that I want to, I get to choose to follow my joy. I get to choose to follow a path that someone else laid out for me. I get to choose to have children. I get to choose my partner. I get to choose and become very mindful of my own self and what I do to affect my environment too, because that's also part of it, right? What am I doing to the outside world? And As you do that, and if you are someone who has stepped into parenthood or wants to step into parenthood, it's it's a critical piece of the puzzle. If you want, if you are someone who wants to raise your children differently than you were raised, it's not going to happen by accident. It's going to happen by intention and presence because what's going to happen by accident is getting frustrated, getting triggered, yelling, doing things you don't mean to do, saying things you don't mean to say. And we're all human and those things are going to happen. Reacting rather than responding and overwhelmedness, doing it in the midst of overwhelmedness. Yeah. But if you want to, all of this long little (laughs) soapbox to say that nurture can influence nature. 
not just in the moment, not just in how you're choosing to show up in the world, regardless of your DNA, but in chain, literally changing the DNA that is passed down to the next generations. Mm-hmm. Nurture, they've, they've shown in scientific studies that regardless of the DNA you start with, you, are, you're, you have the genes that you have. You can't change them, but you can turn them on and off. So you can, you can trigger a gene to activate. You can also trigger anyway. Yes. Their expression in the physical world. So the DNA lives in your cells and based on the food that you eat, the, the way that you're treated, the way that you treat yourself, the thoughts that you think, et cetera, you can turn these genes on and off. It's not as simple as that, but it's, it's through a bulk of activity and expression Mm -hmm. that you Mm -hmm either express those parts of your DNA or you don't. So if you are mm-hmm. predisposed to depression, there are ways to live your life and activities that you can do that eventually can overcome or sedate that part of your DNA. Yeah, there's ways, um, ways you learn ways of being you can learn. Yeah. Don't so so all of that is you can do that for yourself as an adult and stepping into your power and acknowledging and claiming that choice that you have um, and seeking to learn and seeking to grow. You can also do that with the shifts you make in yourself and the partner you choose to create children with will then determine yeah. the DNA of the next generation. And yeah. You can't necessarily control which DNA they get, but you can control the quality of your contribution to it. And you can control who you choose as your partner, which contributes to the, to the DNA quality in your children. And then through the way that you parent consciously, mindfully with awareness and, um, seeking growth and knowledge and best, you know, best methods, you can help shift whatever parts of DNA your child gets that are less desirable or whatever. Mm-hmm. You can help them navigate that part of their selves. You can help them navigate and give them tools to use and teach them how to make choice and not fall into a pit of overwhelm or frustration or injustice and unfairness that this is just the way that I am. You can Mm -hmm. teach them. No, you are a powerful being. You have choice at every moment of your life. You have a choice. And, and then that child grows up with those strengths and abilities. And then they have children. They choose a good partner. They have good children. They have children with DNA and they continue that cycle. And through nurture, we can actually change our DNA. That's a generational trauma. That's breaking and changing the, cycle. the world. Yeah. yeah. So every generation making the world a better place. I call that making the world a better place, being a little bit better, yeah. making your kids a little bit better. That's how we change the world in our own little way. So if you can claim your power now where you stand as a parent or as someone who wishes to be a parent someday, If you can stand in your power, claim your power, claim your choice, claim your free will now, like that, that will change the world. 
that will change the next generation and the generation after that and after that and after that. Like what you do today will influence the next thousands of years of humanity. And awesome responsibility. If you start yeah, and it's it. like it's that in and of itself can be overwhelming. I know that I've woken up certain days <laughs> and I'm like, I don't I don't care about a thousand years from now. Like, why does today suck for me? That's right. I'm hungry <laughs> now. I'll be dead. I'll be dead before I get there if I don't figure out how to how to get a job and eat. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard. It's 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 like so empowering and also so it's, you know, with great power comes great responsibility is just what popped into my head. And it's like, it's so, it's so accurate. You, you take these things onto your shoulders. Uh, you take yeah. on this responsibility to really just be, be your best self. It doesn't have to be like, I'm now responsible for mm-hmm. my grandchildren's grandchildren. Um, it doesn't need to be this daunting task. It's my job is to be the absolute best version of myself right now, today, in any given moment. That's the challenge. Am I quit? That's the problem with social media. We're we're comparing ourselves to the best little snippets other people can put together mm. instead of, you know, I was I tried to teach you guys, uh, you and your brothers, the, the, the only thing you should be comparing yourself to is yourself yesterday, right? Yeah. Did I, did I do this a little better? Did I, oops, I slipped up. Oh, I'm a little better than I was a month ago. And then that's all you can, that's all you can do. Cause the rest of it's all smoke and mirrors, you know, looking at people's yeah. other people's lives in, in public, um, is, is just a depressing exercise that's bound to depress you and the effect it has on kids all these things we're talking about you know as adults it's one thing and we have a we have a certain experience to judge it and decide whether to take it in and a certain amount of power you know building that independence oh hey i can make my own decisions that's something that that grows you know the things Mm -hmm. you're doing to kids when they're completely powerless um yeah, you know, it makes me mad sometimes. You see somebody doing something really unhealthy yeah. um, to little kids. You really want to walk over and intervene and protect, at least as a guy. And uh, you know, the, the the better you can do, the smaller your kids are, the more you can grow um, as a parent when you interact with kids and with other and with other human beings. In some respects, we're all kids forever. You know, we all have those things left over from childhood, those things we react to, triggers, yeah. uh, some people call them, to, to, you know, get, be aware of that no matter what age you are, no matter what age they are, you know, just being, being more aware and being more mature. For me, that's what well, you also talked about, uh, uh, that point where you make where you realize that, hey, I don't have to just do, I'm not just a product of my genetics or my upbringing. I need to, I can take the bull by the horns. You know, that's kind of, that's, that's a big right. That, that's what does, that's one of the things, I guess, that makes an adult, I think, is when you Mm -hmm. start taking responsibility for yourself and your actions. And it's like, well, okay, my past sucked, but, Mm -hmm. I, I'm aware that there's a better way to do things. And so then you begin, you, you join the battle in, of, of getting, getting better, being better, you know, making the world a better place. I guess that's not a goal everybody necessarily shares, but 
But even if it's just yeah. about you, even if it's just about yourself, um, you you do not have to live the way that your parents lived or the way that your grandparents lived. Like if you have a calling in your heart to do something else to, you know, maybe. So for me, a very, very personal example is that I grew up in a household where both of my parents held nine to five jobs. And I have been dabbling in or fully immersed in some version of entrepreneurship for almost a decade now and struggling back and forth between having a nine to five and entrepreneurship and figuring out where I fall in that because I did not grow up around it. And and aunts and uncles and like everyone that I knew in my immediate circle had nine to fives. And so what I knew is that you, you grow up and you, you save money and you live under your means and you work and you get raises every year and, um, and, and you put into a retirement plan and then you retire and live off what the government chooses to hand you until you die. Or your own savings. Yeah. Or savings. But I was never taught, um, I've never witnessed entrepreneurship or starting a business or business tactics. I was, I never really knew anything about the stock market or investing or making money work for you instead of just sitting in a, oh my goodness, in a savings account. Um, You know, there's, there were, there was a style of life that I grew up in and Mm -hmm there was a lot of mind work and it's still like, I'm not perfect at, I still have to be like catch myself looking backwards to be like, decide if I'm capable of doing something different. And then I'm like, that's not me. That was them. That was their choices. That was Mm -hmm. my childhood. Mm -hmm. I get to decide how I'm going to live my life and do things differently. Um, and, but it's so, it's so, easy to look at the way things have always been done to your knowledge and just follow that path because there's nothing wrong with that path. It's also like, there's nothing like for that, you know, there's abuse and there's, there's terrible things that can happen um, to people when they're growing up and it doesn't have to be huge and traumatic for you to be like, I don't want to live like that. I want to live like this. And mm-hmm. it's still mm-hmm. so hard to break that mold. Um, mm-hmm. And if you were abused as a child, it's so hard to break that mold and not feel justified in smacking your kid because you got smacked. So of course, like that's how yeah. you make people listen to you. Um, how do you deal with this? Yeah. But it can be as simple as I'm not going to handle my finances the way my parents did. I'm I want to handle my finances this way. And breaking that mold can be, it's you're literally rewiring connected neurons in your brain. Like my brain is wired to do my finances that way. And, and it was for almost 30 years until I chose to read a book and listen to this podcast and learn and educate and, and figure out a different way. And I'm still working with that rewiring of how to, how to manage finances, et cetera. And so, um, so that's just an example of it doesn't need it's to be work. some horrendous thing that your parents did to you that you don't want to do anymore. It's not right. always that black right. and white. There's little things that we 
reflect on and identify with because we are part of our parents. We do have parts of our personality that reflect the things that we see our parents doing. And we're like, we catch ourselves doing it too. Or, you know, our siblings tell us you act like mom or you act like dad or whatever. And it's hard to look at that part of yourself and not be like, well, everything's just predetermined. I'm just going to end up doing what they did because that's, mm-hmm. that's who I am. Um, and that's where determinism comes into play. So determinism is kind of like nature, but it's, it's a slightly more theological philosophical in that your life path is predetermined. Um, and whether you believe uh, in Christianity or Hinduism or like, you know, just basic spirituality and universal uh, influence, whatever your, your spirituality belief system is, most of them have a underlying deterministic aspect to them where you are born and your spirit has a purpose to serve in the world and you are gifted with with personality traits or dna um that is programmed towards that sole purpose um and there are a lot of ways to fulfill a sole purpose and we are also gifted with free will So I don't think any, someone correct me, I don't know of any religion that free will is not part of the soup. Um, I think every religion believes in humanity being born with free will to make choices. And um, so you take determinism, a predetermined purpose for your life, Um, and you take free will and you mush them together. And it's like, it's, it's very similar to, to nature versus nurture. It's here are your gifts and perhaps a fulfilling purpose that you were sent here for. And I still have free will. I can fight that purpose. I can ignore that purpose. I can go around over and under that purpose. Or maybe it's simply that your life path is going to wind you through all the things you need to learn to get to that purpose, but it's still a choice. And, and if you, for whatever reason are like, that's not where I'm going, you can choose something else. And, but I think that there's a lot of determinism in Christianity is the only, is the only religion I will claim to have studied enough to understand the level of determinism that it holds versus other religions or belief systems. Um, And there's a lot of like God, God created you in his image and, and that he sent you here for a purpose and God has already determined your life path. Um, And so you needn't worry. And I think that that gets manipulated by our brains, by leaders who misinterpret that into being a helplessness of I'm just going to let life happen to me versus 
the other half of that, which is that you are the co-creator. There's a creator and you are the co-creator of your life. And you were sent here with Hmm. DNA, with a lot of things that you have no control over. And you were given Mm -hmm. this control over your self-expression and over your choices Mm -hmm. and how you act and behave and step forward into things or step back from things. And like, so there's, there's two pieces here. It's not just determinism is you're born and your life is going to go a certain way. You have no control over it versus free will. And it's like, once again, it's not either, or it's both. You're there's both sides of the same coin that have to work together Mm-hmm. to create what, what it, what it is your life is going to be. Um, yeah, that's the other, the other little nugget situation. that we brought up that I actually want you to talk to, that I want you to speak to um, is something you said right before we started recording is um, hmm. that you just learned recently how psychology actually, the effect of trauma is not just psychological but that trauma actually lives in the body, um, in our physiology. Yeah. So I've had uh, experiences in my life that kind of back to what we were talking about, you know, that I thought I could think my way through that I'm realizing in recent months and years uh, that didn't work very well. They had an they had a physiological effect on me, my amygdala or whatever, my intuitive reactions to things have changed. And I'm I'm pretty good at thinking my way through things and rationalizing and cognitive behavior role therapy kind of stuff, you know. Yeah. Um, but that only goes so far with long-term sustained um, experiences of the past that, you know, to, uh, I guess there's a, there's a couple of ways. It's not a, for me, it's a thing you learn to live with. Uh, the 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 example I've used in other um, conversations is you know guys go to war people go to war and they come back and they've lost a leg or all their or legs and arms you know they come back physically changed um, and that doesn't mean you know it's just a reality you need to face and and go forward somehow you got to learn how to how to how to negotiate life. It's different than it might have been otherwise, but here we are back to the uh, environment, the soup, you know, what, what's the, what's the pool we're in? What's the pond we're in? What kind of fish are we? Um, And you deal with it going forward. But, and that's where being on a path of growth and, uh, having some spirit, having a spiritual side or a spiritual belief to draw uh, some strength from, some wisdom from, and to temper your reactions. You know, if it's become part of your lizard brain, um, 
than learning to take a breath before you respond to things so that you can respond with thought instead of just reacting, taking time, sitting in the discomfort like we were talking about earlier, um, learning to tolerate that. That's fine. It changes your personality a little bit, but it's uh, it's certainly something you can you can work with. But it was I so not I've not really been aware of it. What are some of the so you were saying that you previously thought you could think your way through anything? What are some of the things that you're learning about that are other tools? for working through something versus just trying to logic or think your way through it in your responses. So some, yeah. So sometimes when you're thinking your way through, you know, we have emotional sides. Not all decisions are rational, right? Some decisions Mm -hmm. are just emotional. I'm going to do what feels good or what feels right, which is kind of a gestalt of, or intuitive. Sometimes, sometimes we just need to feel intuitive our gut. Intuitive is another way to say it. Yeah. 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 I'm a very intuitive thinker. Well, there's. I think they're different. Um, so, in, intuition, emotions, intuition, and and rational thought are are three very different things. Reacting from an emotional place. Okay. Um, What's intuitive? Respond, responding. Um, intuitive to me is is my gut is telling me to go a certain direction and your gut, Mm -hmm. if it's your gut, your gut is never going to tell you to, to react, to scream, uh, do these like, like big harmful things. Your gut is going to lead you towards Hmm. your highest self, your best self, your best response. And Hmm. sometimes we can do that through rational thought as well. Sometimes if we need, we need to pull in the logical to soothe the emotional like those things which, can come together, yeah. um, but those are all separate things. Like an emotional reaction, a, a a completely strictly emotional reaction with no forethought, no mindfulness, and no tuning in. Like that deep breath that you're talking about. That's mm-hmm. I'm gonna. You're grounding yourself so I'm you can hear so your I intuition, or so that you can think that. clearly. Those are three very separate things to okay. me. So in, so emotional is kind of a deterministic in that in that model. Emotional is kind mm-hmm. of deterministic. It's a knee-jerk reaction. Thought, yeah. Knee-jerk. Whereas intuitive is, well, kind of the space between mm-hmm. the emotional, here's what I want to punch you in the face, my values that doesn't fit with my philosophy you know and yeah the intuitive is in between yeah of what is my boundary here because my emotions are valid but my actions are going to reflect my values to express Mm -hmm. that emotion well so then i've got kind of a loop going between the emotions which i've which i've learned uh, to your question sometimes and maybe this is why guys like to have man caves or you know they're like dogs they go off and and curl up in a field by themselves and until they've healed enough where they feel like coming back we all do that by the way women do that too we we all (laughs) need that we all need to go into the metaphorical cave and center and digest and integrate and then come back yeah yeah and so i've learned to give and so i've learned to give it time i will have then in that model emotional reactions 
And it's like, right now is not the time. Yeah. You, don't, you don't want me to react to this right now. Yeah. I'm going to go read a book or something, you know, and then there, then you do the distraction or, you know, just set, let, what it is is letting, letting your nervous system Regulate. subside, right? So now I can think. Now I can trust my thoughts, you know. Which takes anywhere from you know, 20 minutes, straight. 20 minutes minimum to regulate your nervous system to 72 hours. I was going to say, I was going to say three or four days. Yeah. Sometimes I'm just saying like scientifically or what, you know, yeah, whatever the studies have shown. That fits. The, the understanding of the regulation of the nervous system takes a minimum of 20 minutes. Yeah. And up to and beyond 72 hours, depending okay. on the height of the emotion. Yeah. That's right. So again, depending upon the stimulus. And then, I, and then I think there's time once you get, if it takes 72 hours for your you know, limbic or autonomous, autonomous, autonomic, autonomic, autonomic. System, you know, if your nervous system to settle, then, then there's a period of, okay, now I can think about what I want to do before you really want to go back and respond. You know, how do yeah. I want to react, respond to yeah. this? And so that's, and it gets back to the control. You've, you've used the word control a couple of times. And the, the fact is we are not in control. Our lives can change radically in an eye blink. You know, yeah. it's not legal systems do things to us. Cars mm -hmm. blindside us at, at, inter, at intersections. You quit thinking you're under, in control. All you can, mm -hmm. you have a certain patina of control over your life. But you got to be light on your feet because stuff will change tomorrow in a minute. Yeah. And well, I said the only be, thing you can control is your you your actions, adapt. yourself, your behavior right. is the only thing you have control over. Yeah. And so I think of it as collecting tools for doing that, and mm -hmm. and be and acknowledging that things can change. People change is the only constant. We were talking a minute mm -hmm. ago about things changing. And it's mm -hmm. like, yeah, you just got to get used to that idea and don't spend any more time. It's counterproductive. It's not productive. I guess that's a core value of me is, is this of use to anybody, including you, this reaction you're about to have, you know, the, uh, is it is it productive to uh, uh, wail about it? I mean, maybe it's an emotional release. Okay, maybe that's the best thing as long as you're not clubbing baby seals or you know doing morally distasteful things to or harming to your make partner. There's a way better. to move that emotion that needs yeah. to come out. If it needs to come out with a scream, if it needs to come out with crying, if it needs to come out with hitting something, like move that energy in a way that doesn't cause harm to you or another person. So or use a damn else. it doll, yeah, go, go punch a, a pillow, go punch a punching bag, go scream your life out in the garage or the bedroom or whatever. Like I've, where, I've, where I've literally frightened the babies or the family. Right. Yeah. Right. Go get in the car, drive away and scream. That's one of my favorite places to do. <laughs> so I rage. need to go. I mean, I, yeah, I don't mean, I don't like, don't scream at people. I go out <laughs> sometimes if I'm, if I'm very upset, I'm trying to regulate, you know, there's been like a really big disagreement um, in my house and I am just so dysregulated just that yeah. 
sitting and doing anything or trying to calm down and breathe is not what it is. It's, it's, I'm going to go yeah. beat my chest and scream bloody murder yeah. in the car. Yeah. I've done that. I've needed to it. do that. I get it. And so that whole you let it out. thing, yeah. sometimes control, I guess it'd be coping mechanisms. By if if I get to reincarnate, I'm a, I'm a Christian. I don't I don't really believe in that. But boy, a lot of the evidence seems to point to uh, multiple times around. It would be nice if you had multiple shots at life to become more yeah. enlightened. It's like oh, I screwed that one up. Hit the reset button. Yeah. I want to do that again as a I'll chip try again. Whatever you know, <laughs> you know. Nice thought, but anyway, yeah. The more tools you get at your at your disposal. I think the better off you are. And I have learned and become aware on a, on a conscious level. I don't know more on a more intuitive level. I've been thinking my way through things for decades now. And it's like, you know what? There's stuff that is not going to go away. So figure out a healthy way to cope with it. Um, Cause it's part, it's now part of my, nature there's only so much of it psychology i think you can mess with and i think i'm healing those parts that have been messed with changed you know if i i saw an amygdala i don't know what part of your brain changes under under uh persistent long-term stress you know ptsd or something like that your, and, your amygdala uh, is the primary I, one. That's your lizard brain where fear fear, and all of those things live. Those big, big emotions. I used to know that. I can't get a picture of where yeah. the amygdala is. But it changes your whole brain. It changes the amount of gray matter. It changes the connections and the neurons. It changes your amygdala's response, like your fight or flight fear response. And then your amygdala goes into your vagus nerve, which regulates your your nervous system and um, how yeah. you res- how your whole body then we talked about somatic therapy um how then your nervous system reaches every corner of your body and a lot of people feel it in their chest or in their gut they get a, a gut feeling they get their their body like they shake See, um that's what i think of when they, they need when to go run they need to go scream they need to go whatever and that moves you know you can put an ice pack on your on your upper chest on your vagus nerve and that can that can bring your nervous system down really quickly. Um, breathing there's a, there's has, a big, has a big effect on so, that, controlling your breathing. Yeah, breathing, you know, it just depends on who you are and where you're at on that journey and, and what taps into your nervous system. Um, yeah. mine, mine tends to be vocal. My The quickest hmm. release for me, which is I have to be careful with because... That turns yep, into not taking the time out and saying words that I don't mean. Yep. <laughs> um, right. It's like, okay, I'm going to go yeah. get my car and scream instead. Um, but being vocal. And, and I also, it's also interesting. So if anyone's trying to figure this out for themselves, how to regulate your nervous system, look at the things that naturally bring you joy. Hmm. And do, and I'm not saying if you are, so, so for me, Singing at the top of my lungs, there is nothing that Hmm. amps up my energy at any given moment of any day more than belting out my favorite songs at the top of my lungs with no one else around, Hmm. just carefree, 
singing. And so is it the belting or the song? Is it like the lyrics of the song or some association? It's, it's with both, the song? but I can listen to music. I can listen to music. Music can can affect your cells and the way you express and like mm-hmm. feeding yourself positive vibes versus like negative vibes. Music has a huge impact on us, period. The vibrations, yeah. et cetera. Um, and that's definitely part of it. But I can listen there. I've told I've said this to so many people my whole life. Hearing a song and singing it or moving my body to like I feel this like like I can't stop it urge to sing along or to move my body and so singing I've started starting my day with in the bathroom with the speaker on on 10 belting I have a couple of songs right now that I just start that's how I start my day and I just sing at the top of my lungs and just like let loose this shower scene. and it sets my whole day up <laughs> but looking at that yeah. that brings me so much joy and pleasure and and gets me going for the day and like makes me happy and and my fullest expression of myself and so I go out and mm-hmm. spread that joy and light into the world as much mm-hmm. as possible and then same when I'm dysregulated I need the vocal release for my nervous system interesting they mirror one That's another. A- so if you are looking at the way that you fight with your spouse or the way that you fight with your kids or the way that you you get dysregulated and, and triggered and respond or react poorly, mm-hmm. look at where what gives you energy and joy, what amps you mm-hmm. up for the day, and what find the stuff. mirror for that release when you're pissed off and dysregulated. Yeah, yeah, go there. It'll Keep it'll change your life. You go there. Yeah. Lewis's yeah. Lewis's is physical. He need he has a da- he has a damn it doll, and he needs to go beat something to physically no release kidding. that energy. Interesting. Out of him. I had a pillow I used to beat when I was a kid. And different you know, things will be satisfying and regulating for different people. You just have to find. You have to find it, yeah. and you have to not be worried about like is this normal or is this weird or like I'm, I look psychotic right now, you know, like you just got to let yourself do the thing that your body needs. I imagine. And for some people it could be sitting and breathing. It's not going to be that intense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and as you get more practice, you get it more, you do get yourself more under control, you know, but it was very, it was very uh, uh, helpful to me to get that that indication that not everything is to be thought through or to be yeah. controlled. It's just the way it is. My leg is gone. My amygdala is beat up or whatever. And so yeah. then you have your permission not to act out, but it's like, okay, I can, I can adjust. Now I need to go get on Google and read about amygdala stuff, PTSD yeah. stuff. And, and now I can, now I have something to learn. And I, now my brain has something something to work well, when on we, and a new habit and yeah. improve and improve things. You know, there's a way well, when, where before it was just like, why can I not think myself through this? Yeah. Well, and that's where I think a lot. So what we're talking about is somatic therapy. Um, somatic. We're talking about an integration 
So somatic is we're integrating the the body and the the body with the mind. So we're not just talking through things, which is also incredibly helpful. Getting to the bottom of things requires discussion. Um, But when you begin to integrate body work, breathing, deep breathing, um, visual meditations being offered by a therapist or a book or a YouTube video or whatever that you follow and you have a, you know, do a meditation, do a specific breathing, do um, learn how to go do guttural screams and and beat the bed and move the energy out of your body, whatever, whatever, you take where it's, it's somato, somato sensory or somato, um, psychosomato therapy and the brain. Mm-hmm, somatic is the body. And so mm-hmm. we're integrating. It's not just about thinking and white knuckling your way through something. It's about where does this feeling or this belief or this trauma live in my body? So if it's psychological it? trauma, yeah. Where does it, where, like, okay, it lives in my amygdala and my brain. Where is that living in my body? I've seen, you know, for me, a lot of everything lives in my chest. So I've done a lot of work around Hmm. regulating and focusing on my, on my chest, on the energy in my chest, on, you know, all of, Hmm. all of, of this area. And then it comes up into my throat and then it becomes vocal. And that's how I... That's how I get it out. Um, It's singing, singing, screaming, moving that Mm -hmm. energy in a physical way Um, or dance, which is like my whole body, right? It lives in my whole body. Um, But I don't dance when I'm angry. That's 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 like a, you know, (laughs) fucking dancing right now. That would be a good Um, uh, friend's routine. Yeah. But people find it, you know, it lives in my hands. Like I just want to I just like people make fists when they're thinking so hard about something or can't move something they want to hit something um or it lives in their arms or it lives in their stomach like people will get um nauseous and with anxiety when they're overthinking something and they they lose their appetite or they throw up or they just need to lay in bed for the day you know i can't walk my stomach hurts um our trauma lives they've proven this trauma psychological trauma you've never been beaten sexually abused no one touched you your your trauma is in your brain it's in your emotions and your feelings and your thoughts it manifests in your body it manifests in the way that you in your posture it manifests in the way in your eye contact it manifests in the way that you carry your shoulders it manifests in the way you carry your hips Mm -hmm. it manifests in the way that you walk it manifests in the way that you handle emotions handle arguments and like and it lives in the fascia of your body it determines literally like the shape of your body um that's where body language and reading people people, sensing how people are comes from yeah like you can read someone's energy and there's there's so much to that you can feel someone's energy when they walk in a room and and that's part of it. And so I just think of people, so many people that I know who say talk therapy doesn't work. It doesn't work for me. Yeah. I don't like talking yeah. to somebody about it. These are the people that yeah. I'm like, you 
maybe you need to try somatic therapy where it's it's some talk another approach because you gotta you gotta be able to tell the therapist what's going on but then there are exercises yeah, the therapist communicate. Yeah. can lead you through that are physical connecting the mind body and building that bridge so you can find where in your body that trauma is living and do the things that will help move it and heal it and exercise it and get it out and healed and work with it um, because our minds and our bodies are not separate. They work together just like that yeah. soup, that alchemy, that spider web, like that mm-hmm. we always talk about everything is interwoven and working together and there's connections everywhere and, and finding it requires a use of all of our tools, not just one yes. thing. So your toolbox, it's do it for your, do it for yourself, do it for your relationships with other adults, with kids, you know, whether you're a parent or not, these are all good tools to yeah. explore and, and pick up. All right. Well, we are at an hour and a half. So I'm already going to have to cut some of this stuff. Um, exactly. Exactly. I the editor's know. job. That's the hard part. I, know. Well, I, I don't need it. that minute in that movie. It You'll is. Have I have to, to go through and find like little minutes to take out. And I'm like, got to take this pause and this <sighs> whatever. Like this isn't relevant. Yeah. Take this out and like try to yeah. pare it down to an hour. But um, yeah. So this was a very philosophical, we're always philosophical, but um, there wasn't a lot of like tangible, here's how to in this episode, but I'm hoping that that people are walking away with a deeper sense of one feeling like they aren't crazy, like, like this shit is hard. This shit I've been working on, like, feels validated. Um, there's an, There are imperfect parents everywhere. We're all imperfect beings. We all have different ways uh, of responding to things. There isn't a perfect parent anywhere. Um, yeah. But hopefully the encouragement and keep going, like, the, the way you nurture yourself, the choices that you make, and also empowering. I hope that this episode was empowering for you and that you're walking away with a reminder that I am in control of one thing, and that is me. I choose how to respond, how to behave, and how I'm going to navigate the world. Mm-hmm. Because that's it. That's all you've got. Everything else is out of your control. And there's there's a there's a responsibility choices, in that, but there's a there's a releasing in that too. Yeah. When we make choices, when we catch ourselves making choices we're not proud of after the fact. That's that's a chance to do it better next time. You know, yeah. don't take that as a defeat. Take that as a, oh, okay, I learned something. Yeah. And Google it, talk to friends, figure out. Now now you got a side hobby. You know, when parents are busy, but uh, you have a chance to self-improvement. You know, you got a loose thread you can, you can untangle and make the world a little bit better place in the course of pursuing that. And... And if you're struggling or feeling like you want someone who's done it and gui- guided others to do it and and help along the way, someone to walk with you, that's that's where you call me. And uh, there you go. Get Make someone comments too, to please, if you're listening. 
let us know if there's a related thing we can talk about or or share. Uh, yeah. Because we're all in it together. But give Jenny a call. She's pretty good. We are we're ramping up the uh the the podcast side of things here. We are I'm I'm we're focusing on building the audience and building our reach and getting to um as many people as we can, because you never know who's out there looking for the right resource, the the right message um, to help them along the way. And so if you haven't yet, please like, please share, please subscribe, please download, please give us five stars. Um, send this to one person. Uh, and yeah, write us, write us a review, send, send me an email, um, if you want to offer a testimonial, uh, and your thoughts about, or if you have questions or something, a topic you really want us to talk about, yeah, like send us your feedback and help us, help us get this show to the masses. Um, we got to constantly have to be beating this algorithm. So we got to play that game. Uh, so if you believe in us and want us to succeed and want this message out there, uh, please, please go, go do those things. Uh, that's the only way it's going to get seen. So is with your support. So awesome. Thank you for being here with us and, um, <laughs> happy parenting and good luck out there. <laughs> well, did you learn anything new or have you heard all of this before? Do you agree with us? Disagree with us? Have a question? We want to see you in our inbox or via the Patreon page in the show notes. Tap on either link to send us your feedback, share your own parenting story, or support our mission of providing a connected community for all parents. And don't forget to hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. If you loved this episode, click on that little star and give us five of them so we can get visible to other parents who are looking for us. This is your weekly reminder, parents, you already have everything you need inside of you. You are a strong, loving, capable parent. And here, you are never alone. I'll see you next week.